HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses of Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's March 22nd, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the East Village in New York. We've got some great guests tonight, including Brian Strumka of Stillwater and uh, Corey Bonfiglio, as well as uh, some guys joining us later in the show from Pico Brew and uh, Stillwater's new bar that's coming to New York. And Ann Becerra, my uh, favorite co-host of the winter. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? You know, we <laughs> missed you. We did a couple pre-records. Last week we aired that really great show we recorded with Bill Kovaleski of Victor. Yeah, and we were stuck in a, <clears throat> a blizzard in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and it was one of the best nights, best times. Those guys are great. You got to hang out with Bill on the 20th anniversary of Victory. And the night before they announced that they uh, merged with Southern Tier. So <laughs> yeah. I got that email like two <laughs> seconds after I got back to work and was like, so, wait, oh. oh We're not okay. really journalists. We don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. But other guys, it's funny, like guys like Beer Advocate, All About Beer. All those guys had the scoop like weeks ahead and already had their stories written. Yeah, but, but they didn't get picked up in the special victory van like we did from like bus that. station. Yeah. So, no yeah. way. So talking about special brewers and stuff, you know, uh, you know, uh, my friend Ali Akam posted uh, this thing on Zagat about the 10 most influential craft brewers in America. And it had guys like, you know, Steve Hindi and, and you know, Ken Grossman. But it, it, it picked some, some young guys. It included Yepe of Evil Twin. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing us other guys I, find, I think are really influential. And one of them is Brian Stromko from Stillwater. You know, there, there's, there was the, the guys from the 80s way back when. But it seems like in the last, you know, 10 years, there, there's a whole new crop of people. And we're really happy to have you on the show, Brian from Stillwater. How are you, man? I'm doing good. It's Thanks. been a while. Uh, yeah, it's... Um yeah, it's been a busy busy year. It's been hard to get, get the schedule together to get on the show, but I'm glad I can make it. No, it's good to have you on. I mean, one of your guys is here, Corey Bonfilio, someone that we know very well from the New York City craft beer scene. And uh, tell us, Corey, you're on the Stillwater team now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Very proud, very happy. Uh, I think kind of been a long time coming, so it's cool that it's all worked out that way. Um, very proud, very happy. So what are you guys doing? And you got uh, Tanner, Tanner Wally. Hello there. How, how are we? So you guys are kind of like real kind of New York City, like craft beer guys and, you know, beverage manager types. What are you guys doing with Brian Strunky? 
you know, shotgun and classic. That's sort of well. That's that's <laughs> definitely uh, how it began. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, and it's we're sort of taking it as it comes. I think the next most important project uh, for us is our uh, forthcoming bar that we're going to be working on together. We are calling it Classique, which I think is extremely fitting for uh, what we're going to do ultimately. Um, so Brian, Tanner, and myself uh, are taking the reins in terms of um, creative output. Uh, it's going to be here in Bushwick, which uh, I'm really looking forward to because there's so much creativity uh, in this neighborhood, and uh, it's going to be really uh, it's going to be an honor to be a part of the scene. And then Tanner, how did you get involved in the project? Uh, Brian Strumke and I actually um, had the opportunity to uh, drink a lot of uh, a lot of uh, different uh, wine over the last couple of months. I had just opened up a wine bar in the West Village. I'm no longer with, but uh, got that off the ground and running. And uh, Brian and I had the opportunity to sort of uh, connect on not only a beer level, but also on a wine level. Uh, we were able to uh, travel to Portugal and Spain most recently uh, and um, were able to sort of explore uh, uh, some different concepts throughout the sort of the peninsula. So you guys are going to be doing beer and wine at, at the new bar? Classic. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's sort of the idea. We'd like it to be, and I'll let uh, Brian comment on this as soon as he's back. He had to take a phone call. But uh, I think that uh, we're going to focus uh, a lot on the wine aspect. Uh, it will be primarily Stillwater beer uh, uh, with some other. Why don't you guys tell me about Brian? Because Brian's like an enigmatic person. I mean, he was a DJ. You know, he's he's was Gypsy Brewing. And uh, he's, he's and even though he's... You think of him being based in Baltimore. He's really, uh, to me, he's a New York City guy living in Williamsburg. Yeah, for sure. He's been a New York City dude for, for years now, uh, on and off, and a little more stable uh, in the last couple of years. And, you know, I think uh, our friendship has strengthened quite a bit, and his friendship with a lot of um, uh, just beer people and bar people in New York City, which is great. Uh, I'd love to hand the reins over to him right now. Yeah, sorry, I had to... Jump out. That shows how busy you are. He's for, got uh, phone calls. Quick, and quick uh, emergency phone call. We're trying to get, rush some beer um, over to McKellar's festival. Let's, uh, let's, uh, where, where is that festival, Brian? Uh, it's in Copenhagen. Nice, man. Yeah. And uh, what's the beer that we're drinking now? Let's talk about um, This is a really cool label. What is it? Goza Gone Wild. Yeah, this, yeah, this is, I, I would probably say, venture to say it's probably the most famed Stillwater beer at the moment, even though it's probably not the most produced, even though. But as far as like the beer geeks and the hype and ratings and such go, it's been well, many. I've won a lot of awards for like highest rated beers in the world for this guy. It's good. It's also really good with the pizza. You know, yeah. it's a perfect perfect <laughs> amount of acidity with all this cheese. And what, what's your take on Stillwater? I mean, I'm sure you've known Brian for a while. Yeah, I've known Brian for a long time, and I think uh, every time he talks about the beers he's brewing, you know, I, I think. You've got to be a musician, right? Of some sort. Or, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. The way he talks about it is the way that a lot of my friends in the music business talk about the creativity and the creative process and how it comes and sort of, you know, like visualizes a beer more so than, I guess, technical. At least that's when I hear you talk. And it's always really interesting to hear, you know, his take on where the ideas come from, where the look comes from, the aesthetic. I think all of it's just, you know, like a, an artwork as opposed to just the beer, which I think is kind of cool. And, Corey, for you, like, you know, you, you, you ran an open proletariat. You're still part of Beer Street, two great New York City beer bars. Yeah, yeah. You know, fr from that side of, of the business, you know, how did Stillwater beers go over for you? Were you selling a lot of Stillwater? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's always been a great pleasure to do so. It's been almost too easy to do so because I think Brian's concepts and his aesthetic fit so well into what we tried to uh, establish uh, at Proletariat uh, and now at Beer Street and soon to be at Classique as well. 
uh, obviously. So, you know, I think um, my enjoying my enjoying selling his beer ultimately led into our ultimate friendship and now, you know, collaboration, which is really something special, I think. Uh, wow. And for you, because I know you're only here for one second. Yes. You know, what are some of the pitfalls for you in, in the beer industry? You know, you've, you've worked in a lot of places. You're a very seasoned veteran. What are some pitfalls that you might point out now that you know you're opening a, a new bar or, or things you're on the lookout for? Uh, you know, I've always tried to be education forward in what I did, uh, but only as far as uh, our guests are really interested. Certainly, you don't want to talk somebody's ear off when they're not interested in what you're doing. So, um, you know, pushing the boundaries of service and hospitality in the beer world, which I think is still an extremely young concept, at least in New York City, as well as, uh, you know, having a good time myself and, um, you know, being very appreciative of when people... Um, can really uh, gel with what I'm doing in my my spots and in my position, ultimately. And then you definitely... So, Brian Tanner, you guys are going to have a, a strong wine component? At, uh, yeah. At the, the, the concept is, you know, Brian and I had, like I mentioned earlier, we had the opportunity to, to travel. I Some some with Brian, some without. Um, and we were able to sort of take in a lot of uh, different concepts. Um, there's a few different bars. There's a, a spot we spent some time in in Portugal uh, called El Faya, which is super rad. Uh, La Volatil and Bar Brutal, both in He's Barcelona. He's off his iPhone. I am. I couldn't. Well, I could I just didn't want to, you know. Um, and uh, Brian's had some opportunities to travel abroad elsewhere, obviously. Um, and uh, we want to bring sort of, uh, you know, we want to emphasis on natural wines, but certainly if it tastes good where you want to pour it and uh, bring that, that level of hospitality, I think Corey spoke to, um, to this new concept as well. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think the, the style of beer that I've been producing from the beginning, the saisons and stuff are all kind of, a lot of it was kind of based off my love for sparkling wine and champagne. So that also now recently is kind of this new kind of trend of pet, you know, petulant natural wines are, are just kind of like there's such a obvious offspring to a lot of the funky beers and you know breaded saisons and the sours cantillon and stuff um so i just think it's it, I, for me uh, palette wise was an obvious progression i'm always wanting to push the boundaries in my beer and it that led me into wine as well so i wanted to dabble in both uh both markets in your travels, did you meet any winemakers that you guys are going to end up working together? Maybe a you know beer wine collaboration or yeah, hybrid? yeah. yeah. Our first we we have a um, we're releasing our first wine should be in the, within the next year. It's a um, we teamed up with uh, wait. It's a wine. It's not yeah. like a beer aged in their barrels. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, we're doing a whole uh, a wine project called Sound Wine, hmm. based off of both of our um, music careers. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were able to. I, I, Brian had expressed to me wanted to make some wine, uh, be it sparkling or otherwise, and I thought what better way to uh, sort of introduce that concept than uh, to travel to Portugal, where I have some some close friends there who were able to link us up uh, with a winemaker. Um, uh, I don't know if we should, we can, yeah, with uh, with with Dirk Neoport. Well, you, Neop- you can't say his name. <laughs> Neoport wines. Well, we're, you, you were still in we're developing this. Uh, Dirk Neoport and we're, uh, and us were teaming up to make a really delicious wine, uh, as well as a good friend of mine, another musician in, in Lisbon by the name of Pierre Darren, who's also involved in the, in the new project. Well, talking about wine, the big news this winter was that you don't need sommeliers anymore because everyone just wants to drink rosé and sparkling, so <laughs> just make sparkling yeah, rosé. Cut, cut, cut me right out of this. That's fine. And there's one, one more guy in the studio we get to say to Heidi yet. Uh, uh, Mike Brennan, he's from Pico Brew. Hey, Jimmy, you, you, you know a lot about beer. Uh, just as a little intro, tell us what you guys have been doing 
your zymatic is something you're working with breweries on. You know a lot about brewing technology. Exactly. Yeah, so Pico Brew is a company uh, out of Seattle, Washington, uh, started in uh, 2010. We've developed a few pieces of specialty equipment. Our flagship product is the Zymatic, and that's a small, all-grain brewing appliance. It's fully automated. You program your recipes on a web app. Uh, you're able to uh, run a mash in there. It'll do anything you really want it to do. It, it's uh, almost infinitely programmable. For guys like these guys here with Stillwater, you know, the ability to uh, be able to prove and prototype things, and it's really what it's about is about being hands-off having it control all those process variables, and not take up your time. You know, brewers, as you guys know, the hardest thing is, for you guys is your labor. You know, the time that it takes to pilot it or to work on, on the beers that you do, it gives you that ability to have that running in the background. Can, so. I, fit, can I fit one, of, do you can understand I fit one of these in my apartment? In, uh, in <laughs> you Brooklyn? can definitely fit in your apartment. The footprint on it's like 18 by 24. It's very, very small, and it makes a two-and-a-half-gallon batch of beer. It's very, very precise. So you can do prototypes and fool around. Yeah, you just you push the button on you walk He's away. over there, Brian. <laughs> I'm gonna have a, I'll have a bar and a brew pub. <laughs> well, if I can say, right? If I can say one thing about you guys at Stillwater, just listening to what you just told me, I'm very impressed that you guys have spent the time to spend some time in Europe and to understand the origins of a lot of these beers uh, that we are all interested in. Well, it's crucial, right? You can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been, so Very to speak. And then yeah, we're, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Let's get Corey a little more on. So, Corey, quick, quick rundown on you, man. I know, I know you're talking about what you're doing going forward. But yes, sir. Just tell us about some of the – one thing I love when you had proletariat, um, you always talk about, like, was rare and unusual beers. Uh-huh. And uh, what, what made you have that philosophy? Uh, just curiosity, wanting to try as much as possible and all these fun labels and languages that I couldn't pronounce and – you know, over the years, sort of just collecting labels in my mind, which now they have apps for, which is great. Um, and then, you know, that ultimately, at the end of a, a long and somewhat brutal career, uh, being able to, you know, express that passion in, in, in a way where I'm a salesman, but I'm not a salesman, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tonight, it's like, well, this is New York City craft beer dude. Uh, you're going to work at Beer Street. Tell us where Beer Street is yeah, and great. the kind of things you're, you're pouring there. Because I know a lot of our listeners, sure. when they come to New York, they want to check out new places. Right on, right on. Yeah, we're in, we're in Williamsburg. We're in the sort of quiet Italian area in Williamsburg. Uh, Graham Avenue at Withers Street, 413 Graham. Um, and uh, we actually recently just shifted the focus. It had already been strong towards local, but we shifted it over to primarily. So, you know, it might be a 60-40, 70-30 draft split in terms of what is local and new. Um, and that's going to be supplemented by, you know, uh, some excellent beer from our friends at um, Be United. Like when, I, when I was last time I was there last year, you had Jerome from BFM. Hanging out there. Yeah, and he'll be back actually. He'll be back towards the end of April, so we'll see you all there for that. That'll be great. great. And then jumping ahead. So, tomorrow night, talk about new bars that are opening besides your own. Mm-hmm. Where are you going tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, we're going to go check out Cardiff Giant. Uh, our, our homies, the Wiley Brothers and Steven, uh, some really wonderful people that are doing it right in this industry and in this scene and in general. Um, I think, you know, uh, those guys have been hugely influential. Yeah, Owl Farm. Owl Park Farm. Area, yep, Mission absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so. Where is this? What neighborhood is it in? Because I want to check it out, too. That's a good question. I have no you idea. You have no idea. Does anyone know? <laughs> Myrtle Avenue or something, right? Is it in Justin this vicinity? Just, we'll, we'll. It's near Justin's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Fort Green. Fort Green. Fort Green. Fort Green. Fort Green. Myrtle Avenue. All right. Very cool. Well, I'll tell you, Corey, it's, it's, I'm sorry you have to leave. I know you have to go actually work at a shift. That's right. Street, so we'll probably That's end right. up there tonight later. Yeah. And, and we'll please see Please do. Please do. And we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. It's been Radio. real. <laughs>
Don't worry, I'll be back in a hurry. I gotta go to 50th Street and cop another 40. It doesn't matter, cause we're drunk and we're young. A couple kids trying to have some fun. And we know these are the days we'll look back upon. L Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. There's over 30 shows. There's a cheese show, a farm show, so many cool shows. There's a fermenting show. And there's our Ferment show. about it. Beer Sessions Radio. <laughs> within. Um, so, you know, Brian Strumpk is here, and uh, Corey Bonfilio just left. He's going to go work at Beer Street. If you're coming to New York, check out Beer Street on Graham Avenue. But, Brian, you know, it's funny. You're going to open a new bar out here in, in Bushwick. And I don't know if you know about this. There's a, there's actually a license called a restaurant brewery license. Um, you still have to go through the TTB, but it's New York State. And it allows you to have a, a brew pub for on-premise only and a full liquor license. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that secret the secret license that most people don't know about because it's kind of d- dated. But you might want to check that out. I know it's fun. To, we were talking earlier about you know licenses and, and how to open a bar. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool quirks about New York State laws. That there's a lot of great different licenses in New York State to get. Yeah, everyone's being really helpful to our industry now, right? <laughs> yeah. <it's> a- <laughs> but I know, did you ever think about having a brew pub in, in your own? Because I know you're, you have your own brand. but Yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 we've, there's been multiple attempts at different projects, but it just hasn't, the right situation hasn't come, come into uh, fruition yet. Um, yeah, because we're, ta- we're talking with Mike here from this Pico Brew, and I, I, I read your thing about the Zymatic. I had no idea what it was, and basically you said it was a pilot system, and that's why Brian got excited, so. Yeah, exactly. You need the ability to, you know, play with, play with your ingredients and, and just uh, be able to experiment all day long. I mean, as a brewer, I mean, to, tell me that's not paradise. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the mo, right? Yeah. But yeah, so that turned you on, right, Brian? Oh, the idea I mean, of a little... it, no, it would be. It actually, you know, as long as it's something that there, I know there's a system in in Germany that's manufactured in Germany. I think it's kind of similar. I don't know if it. I don't know what the. It's basically just an all-in-one automated brew 
brew kit, but this from the pictures I saw of, um, of, of your contraption. <laughs> it sounds like one of those, ma- you know, like some fantasy machine and like some Greek, you know, philosopher where they just you put anything in it and it would come out. You know, yeah, maybe Bill and Ted Cold. are going to pop out yeah, of it right. with like oh. it's 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 beer <laughs> at, at your fingertips. It is a fantasy. We've made it come true. So well, what are we drinking now? We just poured a, you just poured us something new. The Mr. fear Mr. of ghosts, Strunky? I think it is. Fear, fear of ghosts. Uh, yeah, this is. Um, Another one of the new beers that I've been pre- producing it, what I kind of affectionately call my, the Funk, Stillwater Funk Factory in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, <clears throat> uh, crazy Mountain Brewing I've been using. Um, it, this is, it's, um, it's a smoked sour wheat uh, with a mixed fermentation with Britannomyces and uh, Saccharomyces as well, farmhouse strain. So is this like your takeoff on like a Lichtenheimer or something? Yeah, it's it. Okay. Yeah, it's pull, it pulls from that. I mean, yeah. most of the beers are um, just more concept. Like, I don't know the idea of fear of ghosts. It is it's kind of a, like a play on words with um, I don't know, like past thoughts and feelings. But also, <laughs> fear of beer styles. Like, oh, there's yeah, certain bars where styles. you're like, you know, what is it? Sour? Oh, it's smoked. Oh no, it's, you know, it's all of these things. I want fear of beer styles. That's the awesome. fear of beer styles. Tanner, yeah. you as a wine guy, I mean, you, you know a lot about beer too. So how do how do you taste? Uh, when you taste Brian's beers, I think that the, one of the th- one of the things that really attracted me to Brian's styles is that a there is such a common thread between each of the styles that he's present that I've tasted, all the different uh, types of beer that I've had the pleasure of drinking in bars and in his apartment and on his roof and in Europe and all over the place that we've been. Uh, there is a common thread between all of them, and frankly, as a wine uh, guy, uh, I find that acidity tends to be you know for me the most important thing. It is the backbone to the beverage, and with with Brian's beers. I find there to be this this beautiful complexity, all sort of glued together by this bright uh, acidity, um, which I, I find to be. And, and of course, that comes with a lot of your styles, which lean toward the sour, the goza styles, um, which is just part of the, the the genetics of that beer in general. But I find again that common thread to have a lot of like vibrancy. Brian, I mean, talking about pilot system. Now we know that Zymatics is a little pilot system. How do you how do you try out your recipes and, and, and your, the different beers? Do you work on a pilot system? Um, you just go it, in and do it. Yeah, it, it, um, it depends. Like sometimes I trial brew two hundred barrels at a time. <laughs> sometimes it's twenty. Um, I recently started working with a uh, to make it a little less uh, frightening uh, to jump into new new products. I um, I started working with a brewery, a new uh, farmhouse brewery. It's a hop farm. They're doing a pilot malting facility um, and brew pub in outside of Leesburg, Virginia, called Vanish. Um, and so I started. I kind of have a deal with them where they're gonna we're gonna like, prototype like two or three new Stillwater beers every month on a seven barrel system just for site on there, so we can test out. New new concepts without you know jumping right into a hundred barrel production batch, um, and also with the work with like new ingredients like because it is a hop farm and there's a pilot malting house there, uh, we'll be able to like you know try different malt maltings on grains and different grains and just getting weird. I think people love about you as well. I mean, obviously, you know everybody has different tastes in beer and it's great, but the these. The artwork, you know, on the front, I hear that all the time. What's that bottle? What's that bottle? Pass it over here. What's that can? You know, and I think. But that, then I hear like, there's so many people who are like, 
your beers aren't selling because nobody knows what the hell they are. Well, that's true, too. Listen, it's not even about, yeah, there's not a lot of consistency. I understand that, you know, from a branding point of view. But at the same yeah. time, you know, it's experimental. I think everybody knows that. Who does your artwork? You know, is it one person? Is it a company? Like, where do all these uh, concepts come from visually? Um, I'm, I work with two two artists that are just friends of mine. Um, one is an old childhood friend, uh, Lee Verzosa. So all the like the original Stillwater, the things that look kind of more like this one, like the yeah, fear of ghosts. Yeah, the more like kind of like romanticism, cool, like gothic look um, comes from Lee. And then over the past year, when I started the contemporary works and a lot of the the really crazy and uh, statement pieces, uh, like the next one we have uh, Tuppence, and like, here's <laughs> uh-huh. a here's a beer that looks like Swedish fish and tastes like Swedish fish, and here's an old world porter with like a little. Uh, message about the whole big big beer buyouts um so it's cool as an artist like this has been fantastic for me as an artist like to to work with two people that can help me translate my ideas and and um it's been really kind of freeing just uh one having two outlets and the artists are so totally different like the, the the contemporary work is just all clean line and modernism all the others, you know, it's more hands-on. So what do you say? You said Tuppence is, is a commentary on the big it's commenta- beer buyouts? <laughs> it's a commentary on the uh, the big beer buyouts. It's like Tuppence from, like, Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, two, isn't Tuppence <laughs> a Tuppence? Isn't it the form of, like, two pence or something like that? Tuppence a bag. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was kind of like, I think, a play on, like, what, what porter cost back right. in the day. So I, this is, I, try, I set out to make an old-world porter, so it's 100% Brett. Brett C. Per- fermented and uh, Brett C. Uh, uh, Britannomyces, uh, I think it's Colossinii, that's how I said, <laughs> is, uh, is um, ori- originated in English porters. So I was like, I tried to, so I collaborated with a friend, Steve Jones from Oliver Brewing in Baltimore, who he's, he's English and he's just strictly like Ringwood style brewer. And uh, so him and I drafted the recipe because he's very traditional and then. And then I said, we're going to ferment it 100% with bread. Let's, let's talk about Baltimore. So <laughs> you're from Baltimore. Yeah. And then you have a bar there of love and regret, right? Yeah. What's that place like? Um, that's um, – it's been fantastic. It's uh, it's awesome. It's been – it's kind of like my gallery and, and home in Baltimore. So, you know, it always has everything I do. But, again, we have a huge expanded wine and, uh, and spirits program. And we got really lucked out, and we have a great license uh, where we can even sell liquor and booze and wine to go. So, wow, so that's, that's Maryland. Wow. Liquor to go. Does it have to be sealed? Like you sell entire bottles, or you can yeah. do like a shot to no, go? No, no, no. So no, it's no. like you're a liquor entire store. <laughs> I don't know. Animal. I mean, I've been to New Orleans. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so who knows? Um, and then we have, yeah, and then it's a gastropub, so we have really um, like internationally inspired cuisine. Uh, my chef, uh, Keith Curley, has been... He's been with us since the beginning. It's killing it. So, it's, Dana, have you been down awesome. there? I have yet to, to visit uh, Of Love and Regret, unfortunately. I, I plan to in, within the next couple of weeks. I do think a Baltimore trip's in the work for us, Ann. I think that's not I've so hard been. to do at all. Have you been, Mike? Right on the bolt no, bus, I baby. But, but, uh, uh, we're going to be down there. Yeah, we're going to be down there in uh, Baltimore in June. Uh, National Homebrew Conference is oh, down yeah. there in early June. Yeah. So I'm going to have to crash your party. Are yeah. you guys going to have food at Classique? Uh, yeah. It's basically, I think... Classique is going to kind of take a... It's going to be very similar in concept to Love and Regret, um, but more scaled down and concentrated. We're in New York, and every, we can't... Like, we, we have the luxury to be able to really spread out in Baltimore. Our, our venue is even bigger than we needed um, originally. Um, 
so um so yeah we we get to we get to just go nuts and have a ridiculous inventory all the time so i mean in new york i think it will just it'll be more streamlined i think it'll be the beer focus will be predominantly if not almost exclusively still water how do you get away with that just out of curiosity um, is it I mean, we're not. I mean, I, I don't, don't mean know. how you get away with that. I didn't like know that that trying was. Trying to, I just didn't mean... know that was a rule, but I guess it is a rule. So we'll have Pre- maybe like predominantly. I yeah, mean. we have six drafts, so I have one rotating. Mm-hmm. And plus, I, I'm going to I'm going to want to carry my friends' beers and and things that I dig, but we don't want to. It's not going to be, you know, it's more of a concept bar. Like we don't want beer to be the, the complete focus. We also want you know the wine to. Yeah, we want the wine to. Uh, I would say you know is a major part of it. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, I think it's funny too that now, like you know, so for so long, so many winemakers were kind of turning their nose up at at brewers, and I think it's you know now with all the creativity and everyone that's doing these amazingly you know new and different concepts, now they're kind of getting a little jealous, like a little bit of jealousy bug, you know, for brewers. And I think it's so cool to see all those collaborations between wineries and breweries, and you know the barrels passing around yeast strains and such. I think that's it's a it's a cool world. We're all together, right? We're we're getting married. Our, our <laughs> two our two concepts. So Tanner, going going back. Of you, so you worked at the, the Tawar bars. I did. I Paul op- Greco. Right? I did. I did. I opened uh, Terroir. Amazing guy, James Beard Award winner. Indeed, yeah. Well, I opened up Terroir in 2008 with Mr. Greco and a team, uh, a small team of other uh, good, good dudes and dudes. Were you there for a long time? He had. He, he started the summer of racing. Summer of racing. Yeah. So I was there. I helped. I was part of that uh, movement uh, in, the, in the first the first year we did the summer of riesling it was kind of uh, it really sort of screwed with people's heads uh, but it was certainly a bold move uh, we continued it throughout my tenure there I think he's still doing it but not exclusively riesling uh, which is we've learned to be quite difficult even six or seven or eight years in so and my, there's a great restaurant that was that, that Paul was part of and they split up hearth is on uh, first Avenue and 12th Street and That's actually correct. if you want to find it's a, it's a quiet little bar inside the restaurant where people usually wait to sit mm-hmm. I like to go there and have dinner and you can you can look at the, the reasoning list it's yeah, pretty awesome it's pretty fantastic were you involved in the metal Mondays because that was my favorite uh, uh, metal Mondays happened at Murray Hill with Kate uh, Warnicke and I wasn't there for that um, I certainly was with the company but I wasn't there on Monday what was the metal Mondays metal Mondays, the metal themed and wine night, you know, it's like heavy, heavy metal, metal music. music. They do, they, yeah, they do um, a, a sherry bomb or something. They drop a, shots of sherry in in pilsners and like chug it. Well, it was funny. What about it? It seems like it would be a kitschy concept, but it was actually really well thought out. It made sense. The pairings with the musicians and everything yeah. worked, and there was you know thought into it and research. It was really awesome. It was you get to listen cool. to Motorhead have, and drink. You, you know, know I, have, I have several Metal Monday T-shirts if, if you my, want. My big shout out to Brian Strumpke is that the guy's balancing a lot of things. He, he's a business guy. Or Guy, he took he took a serious phone call. Now he's like feverishly doing something on his phone. But I respect you, man. I'm really glad he came on the show. And this next beer, quick shout out. What is this one? It's, it's a weird Swedish one. Okay, this is uh, sorry. It's, uh, trying to uh, divert a crisis. Uh, <laughs> this is a Searlit. Uh, it's it's part of this. I, I started doing a series of beers with my friends Dugas Brewing and. Um, in Sweden? Of course, Dugas in Sweden. Yeah. 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 Fish makers. Nah, I roll. Um, That's so, a good one. So it's funny, like, uh, you know, I was designing these bridges specifically for the, the, the American market, specifically. So I'm like, what do, just to kind of like, you know, just play on the whole American um, theme, I decided, I was like, what do Americans know about Sweden? Ikea? And Swedish fish. 
So the first beer uh, for Ghosts, which I, I wasn't able to bring, uh, is a Scandinavian Goza, and the label looks like it's an IKEA product. <laughs> uh, and this one, uh, Sirlet, is a Swedish sour ale with uh, lingonberries and rhubarb. So, and it's made to taste. And it's taste nice. Like it's a, a nice one. Swedish fish. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's March 22nd, 2016, and we're talking to Brian Strumka, or Brian Stillwater Strumka, if you know him on Facebook. So, Brian, uh, you, you made some crazy beers in Sweden, and um, another question, uh, Brendan Palferman, one of our listeners, and he's a great, if you ever worried about your trademarks and, and, and other fights about beer labels, that's Brandon Palferman. He's a lawyer up in Syracuse. He'll be on our show in May. He said he was out in Buffalo, New York, at the Blue Monk Bar, and he tried your rock star farmer, which you say you don't want to talk about because it's too popular. No, I was just joking. <laughs> I didn't bring that one to the show because uh, I figured that's what you would expect me to bring because it was the other half club. Um, so I just wanted to be tricky. That's good. So tell us more. This is Silberg. What's the, it's from uh, the Dugas, the Dugas Brewery in uh, Sweden. Sirlit. Sirlit. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I love Swedish fish and. Um, <laughs> And I like making uh, big practical jokes. But it's nice. Are you going to do a Swedish meatball beer next? I think we discussed I don't that. Know. <laughs> 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 but, not a bad one. No, he's, he's not. I don't want to say anyone's name. But, um, but all the beers you brought for us are kind of sour. Um, is that really what you're into now with beer? Um, well, it's kind of like what. When I originally started, like before I started Stillwater, I was just homebrewing and I met Brian Ewing from 12%. All the, the beers that he fell in love with and I wanted to produce were actually more sour beers and Britannomyces fermented um, and it just kind of at, at the beginning it was hard to find a facility to, to let me produce beer of <clears throat> in that nature so um, <clears throat> now, now it's finding like basically I have like a new playground and so I'm kind of going nuts and just dropping a lot of new product. I, I remember when I first met fun. you, it was like you, you, were, you were working with Paul, the home brewer Paul. Yeah, Cutzer. And, and you had like your first saisons, and you came to this event. We did Battle of the Belgians. And that's one thing that's, that's always stood out about you is that you've, you, you go to festivals, you have a presence, and um, you know, you're interacting with people. So what's going on with, in Copenhagen? Because I know you're on the phone and you're, you're dealing with some export issue or import issue. Yeah, I messed up, and um, I only shipped half the beer. Uh, to uh, to the warehouse where it's being uh, put together for the ship, and uh, that's not cool. But that's a, <laughs> that's a side of the business you, you deal with as well. So you're dealing with some logistics stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, I think that yeah that needs to change quite soon. I still I, I juggle so much. I I think I, I run hot, so I'm always on the on the move, and I can juggle a lot of things at once, even if it's like like controlled chaos. Um, so it's hard for me to kind of delegate a lot of things because... Do you book your own air, airlines? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so of all the places so you, you've gone, is there anything that stood out the most as far as collaboration? Like something that you'll never forget, the most interesting. Uh, Doesn't have to be the best or your favorite beer, but of you know, an experience. Good story. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I did. I did a really aus- uh, interesting ayahuasca work in. Uh, did you really? In Brazil. <laughs> oh my! Um, and which caused me to, to produce a beer inspired by it. Which, oddly enough, uh, ayahuasca is has a kind of a similar quality to a, a weird Flemish red or sour, like an old brune or something. Huh. Like an earthy old brune. Okay. Did you know that, Tanner? I, I did. I did. I've heard this story a few times. It's it's a good one. I don't yeah. know if we have time for it, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit to go into. What was the story you're going to tell, Tanner? <laughs> oh, no. kind of lit up. Oh no, that, I was thinking of that one. That's why I went. Oh, you, I, I was saying, I was pointing, saying, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to say. That. You're not going to say. That. <laughs> That's but right. yeah, it was really, um, it was beautiful. It was an amazing, amazing experience and something that yeah, that'll that'll change you. So tell us. So, so Cop- is it Copenhagen? There's a festival coming up. Uh, is this the beginning of May? It's like the um, Copenhagen, Copenhagen Beer Fest. Yeah, I think it's a. It's right after the. It's it's CBC. It's called CBC Copenhagen Beer Celebration. And it's right <laughs> after the CBC in Philly. So it's been really confusing. And people are like, "Are you going to be at CBC?" I'm like, what, "Which one?" <laughs> I'll be at both though, um, to some degree. I'm sure Pico Brew. You'll probably be there as well, right? At CBC. Yeah, we'll be over at CBC. Cool. Uh, so, Mike, you you, you, the, you travel a lot too. The US one. So you go to how many different. Breweries and how many regions do you travel to? You know, I cover the entire United States. Uh, this trip, this is my uh, third state in the last two weeks. So I just came from Denver uh, this morning. Are there any breweries that use your uh, system, or that's just like you know, a customer could walk in and kind of see what it's all about and and see how it works without being a dedicated brewer? Yeah, most of our brewers that use it, it's obviously it's back in the brew house. Mm-hmm. But I've got a couple brewers uh, in Sacramento. I've got New Glory Craft Brewing Company and New Helvetia. Who both uh, they have it pretty easily seen. They keep it. Uh, in fact, one of them, uh, New Glory, he'll sometimes run the uh, the mash data profile. You actually it, it collects data for you, and they'll put it up on the screen out in the uh, out in the tap room, so people are like, "What's going on back there?" So, that's, cool. that's cool. So you can check it out without being cool. a pro brewer. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It's very easy to work with. Very cool. Well, let's make a toast to Corey Bonfilio because he's not here. We had a great time talking to him, and he's over at Beer Street right now, and uh, it's really cool. So, what? Um, how did you? D- decide to start working with Corey because um, we, we know him as a craft beer bar legend here. Yeah, I I, I think it's just the way I kind of do business. It's it's I don't know. I may maybe to a fault. It's like I tend to like mix a lot of business and friendship, but it's kind of like the only way I I know how to go about things. I like to work with people I can trust, and so I and I'm really picky about kind of people that I do work with and th- that I do trust. Um, I have a very sensitive kind of personality, so when I do meet people that don't annoy me, <laughs> and I think are intel- <laughs> and I think are intel- intelligent, um, I tend to gravitate towards them. And if if our kind of flow just goes together, I, I, I I'm always um, yeah I travel a lot. I'm just you know vagabond style and just come across and allow myself to be open to people and experiences. And um, I think I guess one of my skills is just feeling out people and situations and that's why i collaborate so much cool Corey's a good travel buddy <laughs> i bet he is but Co- i'm gonna talk more about copenhagen because i've never been there so mckellar he's, he's having a festival yeah and how many what other brewers are going to be there that you know um oh, it's a lot probably too much 
it's like it's like it's like it's like the biggest friends convention. Like when I, it, it's for yeah, it's overwhelming. I don't know where to start, and it's like it's most of my like. Name like two two brewers that are going to uh, be Omni Polo will be there. Uh, Giant Bitter, um, McKellar, of course. Uh, and where's Giant Bitter from? Uh, that's my friend Soren. Um, funny enough, we're, um, he owns a, a couple bars in in Denmark as well, and a brewery, uh, Giant Bitter. But we're doing uh, a little sub project because I'm not busy enough. Um, <laughs> called DeLorean with the Dana Show, a little slicer um so, so that'll be uh and it's all gonna be avant-garde uh loggers because i think loggers are cool and last year i think i shocked a lot of people by coming out with yacht like, beer, right? yacht and um mono which yacht i think is currently number one pale lager in the world on rapier wow so what, what about um remember you came up with the classic the original classic uh, yeah. Do you remember that still? I don't know. What? Come Classic. What, what was that supposed to be? Wasn't that supposed that's, to be like a some kind of American? Yeah, that's that was, um, it, it's similar. It was kind of like, that's my artistic commentary on, uh, on industrial brewing, where it's, I wanted to, it, craft beer's argument for industrial beer being shitty is that, the, it's lesser ingredients, corn and rice and sugar, and um, and I just had wanted to be cheeky and 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 make a beer with all the same ingredients that would taste good, and then kind of like say because I don't, you know, I'm fighting the fight with everyone else in craft beer, but I I enjoy the 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 idea of like having a really strong argument, and I thought that argument was shallow. If we're gonna we need a better motto. And mantra if we're gonna like, so so once you made classic, how would you compare that to the industrial beer you modeled on? I mean, are you saying they're equal? You're saying is your well, I just it, it was like shocking reason? because it was it proved to the craft beer people that you can make a good beer with those uh, with those types of ingredients, and so it's not necessarily necessarily the thought of the ingredients; it's the construction, and then it kind of shows. You know, mass industrial beer. That this is what you could do if you <laughs> if you just change the marketing around a bit. Okay, now I'm gonna keep Ashville up here. So, of love and regret, which actually I have on at tap at Jimmy's number forty three, and I've been buying a couple of kegs. People love that beer. Um, how did you come up with that beer? That was my my buddy Paul that was on the show with me maybe a few years ago. Um, he was just a buddy. That was one of your first recipes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was our first cl- like as <laughs> it was funny as a home brewer. I didn't. I pretty much didn't collaborate at all. I was just like, it's my my thing. I'm going to control all this. And now as a now as a uh, professional brewer, it's like I seem to collaborate all the time. But I need my alone time. So there, there's there's my, the beers I I say I dictate, and there's the beers I collaborate on. Um, so I need to be able to put out my full concepts. And um, but yeah, that was so as a he, that was the first time I collaborated with another brewer as a home brewer. So. Uh, and it was just I don't know we wanted to make a a beer that reminded us of sp- springtime so it was and one more beer the the Bronze Age yeah that's a beer I, I bought a lot um what, how did you come up with that beer? that one is really cool because I brewed at Hoftendor Mall in in Belgium which is can't be more real deal of a farmhouse brewery is that yeah, I mean they're farmers 
first and Brewers second. Still. As these styles came about, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so yeah. So when um, and I always, you know, like coming up from the you know, being a very progressive person in the saison kind of scene. I was really thrilled to to do something extremely real deal, and so I, I kept that one really simple and just wanted to use. They have a lot of horses there, so I was like, we just used horse feed spelt, and um, and then just like the hops that they grow at the brewery and just their house yeast, and just kept it really simple. That was a great one, man. It was really great. Of all the systems that you've worked on, is there one that's like your dream system, like your ultimate? This is the best setup. You guys have got it made. Good question. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, I'm really been, I'm really pleased, and I sometimes feel a bit spoiled with two roads because it is couldn't be much more state of the art. And the more we've learned, and it, it's it's big, it's big boy brewing. It's a hundred barrel, barrel brew house, and it's fully automated. Um, and I really have been. It's like I've been working my way up to this. It's like if you're it's being a musician, and it's like you're recording your albums in like, you know, smaller home studios, and then you move up to like the mid mid range studios, and then next thing you know, you're, you know, major label studios. So, to me, it's it's kind of cool and it's exciting because, just because it's made on a, in a big facility with state of the art equipment doesn't mean. I mean, look at Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Uh, there, there we go. I was up. At, I was up at Truro's last year, and it's an amazing place. I mean, up in uh, is it Connecticut, Connecticut. town, somewhere yeah. in Connecticut, but. Hardington, Stratford, 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 yeah, yeah, two roads. So. I'm just Not, making up words. Well, Taylor, we're, we're going to wrap up the show in a few minutes. Uh, everyone just want to just say one more thing, Tannen. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this project that Brian and I have coming, both the wine project and the bar that we are opening soon or over the summer, uh, hopefully. Uh, and I'm happy to be here. Classic out in uh, Bushwick. Classic right? in Classic in Bushwick. That's it. Classic. Yeah. You go, Mike. Come on. All right. Well, you know, for those of you that are interested in checking out how the Zymatic works, uh, we're going to be tomorrow here in Manhattan at the. It's called the Luxury Tech Show. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, but we're going to be there tomorrow. Craft Brewers Conference, of course, in Philly. But you also have a you have a homebrew system too, don't you? Uh, well, the, you know, the Zymatic, of course, is the you know our, our flagship one. However, we have a new one called the Pico, which is really for those people out there who you're not really a brewer, but you just love draft quality craft beer in your house, and that's uh, basically uses a small recipe cartridge we're licensing it's like an espresso machine but you can make beer yeah yeah you put a cartridge into it except our cartridge is biodegradable and all those recipes are all licensed from brewers all over the world i've got brewers here in the u.s i got about 100 partners i've got rogue abita dogfish head well, that's actually why you guys and, reached out to us and i'm, I'm glad i got a chance to talk yeah, about yeah, people totally. brews imatic and and brian it's nice to have you on the show again man yeah it's good to be back good to see you guys yeah and thanks for talking about your beers yeah I just, a little, not off subject, but just have to do a quick sending amazing positive thoughts and prayers out to Belgium. I mean, I know everyone in the beer world right now is so kind of tore up our friends and colleagues and stuff. So we're all standing with you. <laughs> Keep sending right, good cheers to them. And, and a commercial shout out, our, our big event, New York City Hot Sauce Expo is coming up April 23rd and 24th. Let's check it out. It's more about hot sauce than anything, but it's definitely the best hot sauce in the universe. All right. I'd like to thank everyone for joining me on the show. Brian, Corey, Mike, Ann, and Tanner. And uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to our producers, engineers, Justin and David. Uh, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Woo!
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.